And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting to Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, throughout the nine worlds and beyond, the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. You are tuned to the immortal sounds of... Radio Free Asgard. And hello everybody, welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 264. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the shoe. Now, we don't have a whole lot to talk about here at the top of the show. There has been a little bit of Thor news kind of trickling out. It's starting to... You know, tease things a little more than talking about uh, yeah, Be- Benedict Cumberbatch and and his role in in Thor Ragnarok and how the relationship he has with Loki is going to pan out, uh, and that goes back to Doctor Strange movie end end sequence uh, where we actually have a little cameo of Thor. I don't think I'm really spoiling anything. I think people who you know, we're going to see Doctor Strange and pretty much seen it by now. But uh, yeah, so anyway, we, we do have some involvement here. And of course, we know that Loki is a big part of Thor Ragnarok as well. So yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. But again, you know, not really looking for spoilers at this point because I, I just want to enjoy the movie when it comes out. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so we are uh, going to move right along to uh, our issue of Journey into Mystery. And uh, we'll do so right after the Thor song. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder, the God of thunder, mighty Sith. And this week we are looking at Journey into Mystery number 648. Came out in uh, early 2013. Cover art is by Jeff Decal. Shows Sif, and she is staring with the red eyes right into the uh, the camera, or kind of adjacent to the camera, and she is spattered with blood because that's what berserkers do. They get spattered with blood. And we open up to the splash page where we have the credits. Catherine Eminen was the writer. Valerio Schitti is the artist. Jordi Belair is the color artist. VCs Clayton Cowles did the letters in production. Jeff DeCal did the cover, as I said. Nick Klein did the uh, variant cover. Oh, I like Nick Klein. We haven't seen him in a long time. Uh, Jacob Thomas is the sword-happy, whatever, editor. Uh, Lauren Sankovich is the battle-crazed. And uh, Axel Alonzo is the editor-in-chief. Joe Quesada is the creep- chief creative officer. Dan Buck is the publisher. And Alan Fine is the executive producer. And we open up where we left off last issue with Sif facing off against the uh, big orange creature that looks like the uh, Enfant Terrible from the old Fantastic Four uh, comic. And I think they literally just took panels from prior issues. And so we have uh, Sif, and it says, Sif, sword happy, battle crazed, overwhelmed by bloodlust after receiving Erendis's berserker spell. To stop her hot-headed rampage, her brother Heimdall transported her to an unknown realm where she encountered a giant robot monster called the Ruler of Earth. Well, okay. Is this something we're supposed to know? I, I'm too lazy to look it up. Anyway, 
Who will win as atrocious aberration fights vengeful Asgardian warrior goddess? The only way to find out is to read on. Journey into Mystery Stronger Than Monsters, Part 3 of 5. And we have her facing off against the, uh, the uh, big orange dude. And we find out that this is actually a story being told. So this is not happening at this moment. We actually have a raven and a wolf. And they are um, and talking about this. And actually, there's two ravens who I assume are Odin's ravens. And then we have a wolf who I have no idea who's he is. As once did Thor, trapped within the body of a human, wander the rocky shores of Midgard. As once did Odin, in the guise of a traveler, journey to Mimir's well for knowledge. As once did Loki, secreted within the reborn form of our own Lady Sif, do things that present company would rather not contemplate. Now does our fair warrior Sif, exiled by her brother Heimdall to an unknown island, find her own self transformed by an ancient warrior's incantation. Much did she give, but finally all was sacrificed as her destiny was defined on those murky shores. She fought in vain, and as the beast did tear her limb from limb, and as it ignobly vomited up her remains, there were the white mountains fashioned from her bones, and there the night sky from her hair. Her blood ran down and filled the mighty sea. And as one of the ravens telling the story, and the wolf says, Shut up, that is not how the story goes. Sorry, just messing around. The first half is true, though. The rest, says the other uh, raven, remains to be seen. And so Sif is fighting the uh, the big giant thing, and she says, "Come and get it." And she cuts through the uh, the, the foot of the alien with a schlunk. And for a robot, it has a lot of blood. But it's blue, so, you know, it's, it's oil or something. And there's also, like, wires and stuff, so I guess it is a robot. And she's going, Rah! And the robot is going, I am the ruler of Earth. You must submit. You will be defeated. And Sif is not relenting at all, and she whacks, it looks like she uh, whacks him with her sword right in the eye. And with, there's a sound effect, Zack. And she says, one day, but not today. And she's all covered with this blue stuff. And the uh, robot is going, Rick, I will tick, 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 tick. And falls down. Sif is just hacking, just hacking at the, uh, the robot. And there's this blue liquid all splashing around. And she uh, is making a big mess. And she, oh, she's cutting right into his throat. And they're, you know, with a hack and a hack and a hack and a tunk. And then she notices the robot reaching for her. And she's like, oh, no, you don't. And she slashes with a giant shank and cuts off the creature's hand. She's standing on top of it. And there's all this blue liquid spraying from the stump of the hand. And she says, now lunch. And she gets dragged off of the giant by one of these guys that she met last issue. The what these uh, berserkers are living here in this this wilderness, and this is the uh, the fake Mohawk guy with the axe, and he he yanks her off with a whunk, knocks her down with a wham, and she goes, Ugh! and the other guy, the, the kind of the the porky guy with the, the uh, man bun, is, is uh, coming after her, and she says. 
so you work as a team, do you? And he goes, rawr, and anyway, knocks her sword away, but she reaches for it, grabs it, and she parries the third of these berserkers who is sneaking up behind her with a clang, and the berserker is going, yar, and the two of them are fighting back and forth, and ar, yarg, wonk, schlick, and uh, we see that uh, she has stabbed the um, the warrior, so we actually have some red blood to go with the blue blood now. And the the berserker guy is just kind of laying on the ground, though apparently not dead. And then uh, she just kind of matter-of-factly reaches out with her right hand with her sword in it and skewers the fake mohawk guy right in the belly with her sword with a shot. He's like, wait. And he says, you were worthy, even of Asgard. And she holds back her sword like she's going to strike and goes, yeah. And then she just stops just short of chopping his head off and says, finally, it speaks. I am Asgard. Who in Hela's name are you? And so they start to talk. And the man bun guy says, we are of Asgard also. And to judge by action, berserker like you although our forms are not what they once were. And he's pulling the sword out of the uh, the, the guy with the face paint, uh, the, with the white hair, and he's going, Arr! and she says, I do not believe you. Tis true, says fake Mohawk guy. The spell gave you a woman's form. It's impressive, convincing, clever even. And the man bun guy is actually reaching out to poke her boob, and she has this disgusted look on her face and says, A woman's form because I am actually a woman, and I advise you not to do that again because the woman is a lady, and I will lead you home to Asgardia. And the uh, the man bun guy says, Why in Odin's name would you want to do that? We are happy as we are. And we shift scenes, and we are back in the uh, the well of the teacher. So remember, Sif had chopped off Erendis's head and thrown the body down the shaft, I guess. And the uh, the body has managed to climb its way out without its head. And it's just kind of spurting energy out of its neck. But it has managed to climb up the side of the well, and it's sitting on the side of the well looking for its head, first with its hands. And then it starts kind of crawling around the room and patting around the floor looking for its head. And a voice comes from above and says, I think you will find that which you seek inside the bag. And he drops a bloody bag at the hand of the uh, the body. And it turns out to be Heimdall, not surprisingly. And he says, Make haste, Erndis. I have little time and even less inclination to be here. And Aaron just pulls her head out of the bag, and she shlorks it back onto her neck. Um, so I guess it's going to magically reattach itself, and she'll be okay. And she says, And why are you here, Heimdall? I have discharged my duty these millennia, and if there has been a change... There clearly has, says Heimdall. Then it is not my doing, but due to further machinations of one of your own... I have made what repairs were necessary, and so long as the balance has not shifted, it will hold. What more is there? Heimdall is, is leaning over the, the, the well, kind of looking down into it. Be careful you don't fall in. I want to know what you gave to Sif. I want to know if it is permanent or if it is something she can fight against. 
That's an interesting question, and a more interesting turn of phrase. An uncontrollable force fights on no side but its own. She is no good to herself or to Asgard. I had to do something. Asgard has found much use for the berserkers before, I will remind you. It is not what I want for her, says Heimdall. But what if it's what she wants for herself? What have you done with her, Heimdall? I sent her to be with the others. If there are any left by now, it is the best place for her to be, and the safest for Midgard. That was foolish, says Erendis. Your repairs, lady, were inefficient. The black lake is leaking from the well. So there's a bunch of black gook kind of coming up out of the well. It looks like tissue, but it's blue. You know, like, yeah, some kind of uh, corpse or something. I don't know. You will not make this my fault, Heimdall. Your sister is not part of the original equilibrium. When Asgard closed the door on those men, all things were in balance. You knew that. It was so very long ago, says Heimdall. I will get her back. You can try. But where I once guarded a gate, you have created a tunnel. And so they uh, shift scenes, and we are back in the berserker land where Sif and these three dudes are sitting in the hand of the robot, and apparently they've set a fire there, and they're using the fingers as chairs, basically. They're leaning up back <laughs> against the fingers. And they're cooking rats, uh, because that's apparently what you eat in, um, in berserker land. And the man bun guy says... I am so sick of these rats. I was really hoping that thing would have some meat on it. And Sif has a... She has a big chunk of flesh, but I'm not sure uh, where she got it. It was not a truly living beast. Like trying to eat a fleshy jumbo jet. Jumbo what? Says the face paint guy. Jet. And if you were berserker, why have you not healed? It has been hours. We are not who we once were. And who is that exactly? I am Einar. Now Einar the nearly decapitated, thank you. And the one you almost castrated is Bodvar, one of the twenty-five sons, forced to make his fortune. His success is yet to be gauged. And the one you nearly cleaved in two is Svip. And you let Einar speak for all of you, she asks. And Mr. Facepaint Guy, who I think is Svip, I'm not sure. Well, we'll find out as we read. He can prattle like an old woman, for all I care. When he talks, I fight. Had we done more fighting, there would be more of us left. But how many were you? asks Sif. One hundred, but that was long ago. And what were you? Sent by Odin. What? Have you really no knowledge? And the face paint guy is like, Look at her. Are you surprised? That thing you killed. Have you ever seen anything like it? No, says Sif. Perhaps it is not in our lore, but seems familiar. It and all the others like it are older than Asgard were deemed to be outside of Asgard, and that is where Odin was determined to keep them. And so we and ninety-seven others volunteered to be the force that would make it so, to spend the rest of our lives battling these creatures in this place, so that they would not infect the tales of Asgard. And you were abandoned here by Odin to fight forever? Ha! says face paint guy. It was an honor. No warrior would refuse. That is fantastic. What are we killing next? says Sif. Nothing. 
We will wait for what passes for morning around here. Where is the fiercest of the fierce, the one you have yet to best? It is freshly in her, not like the others where desire has waned, where the fight for survival outweighs the fight for victory. Tell me where, says Sif. The lake. It is in the lake. She will weaken. What makes you think she is like you? And Sif goes running off, and the face paint guy is quick behind her, running away. And uh, the two of them are standing next to the lake, and Sif says, Only cowards stand and wait. And she takes her sword, and she heaves it like a spear into the, uh, into the lake. And we can see that that's going pointy end right to the middle of the lake. And it looks like there's uh, kind of a blue insecty sort of, of critter there. And uh, a tentacle of sorts reaches out of the water and grabs it. It's almost like vines more than, than a tentacle. So it's not like an octopus tentacle. It's more like um, some sort of weird demon tentacle thing. Anyway, so it, it reaches out and grabs the sword before it can pierce it. And this big, uh, big goopy alien looking glob thing, uh, kind of insecty looking thing comes rising up out of the lake and it is truly large. And anyway, so all three of these berserker dudes are there and Sif is there as well. Good work. Did you think this through at all? What good did thinking ever do you? What do you call this one? We don't call it. We were saving it for last. And I say that it is next. We will not be guided by the likes of you. I am certain your might was won by magic. As was yours, such as it is, says Sif. And we hear a yarg, uh, which is the uh, man bun guy, get picked up by this critter. And it looks like it's getting ready to eat him. And he's like, to me, my brothers. And Sif just goes charging in. She just dives right in. She says, follow me. And dives in. And then the uh, the fake mohawk guy goes, uh, and he goes jumping in. And so everybody has gone down the sort of whirlpool thing. And uh, so the face paint guy is like, what? And you know, so he's looking down the whirlpool and there's some sort of energy streaming out of it. And he goes, finally. And he goes jumping down into the hole. And we shift scenes to Midgard, and we are in Japan from the looks of things uh, because we have uh, signs in Japanese and a bunch of Asian people. And then we have a scene, a panel in Paris, and there's some sort of... It's like rain, but not really rain. So it's like rain with solid black bits in it, kind of like Oobleck, if you remember that old book, that old Dr. Seuss book. Um, so it's like little uh, splops coming down. And then we are in New York... And this uh, black guy gets hit on the head, and he's like, damn, pigeons? And then he, he reaches up, and there's he pulls it down, and his, and his fingers are black, and he's like, what the? And they look up, everyone looks up, including a woman with pink hair, and there is a giant whirlpool in the sky. It's much like the whirlpool that Sif and company just jumped down, and there's energy kind of pouring out of it, and people are like, oh, God. And they're still being hit by little glops of this stuff, and there's more and more of this black gook kind of raining down on everybody. And it's just kind of blooshing and splorching down. And then we have four figures falling down with it. So it turns out to be Sif and these three berserkers. 
and this creature that they were fighting is nowhere to be seen. But a lot of this black gook has fallen through the hole and it's kind of washed away taxis and stuff and knocked down street signs. So the three of them are kind of laying there in a heap and Sif gets up and she's like, all right, where is it? And Man Bun says, where are we? And a voice comes out uh, from, from off panel saying, Hinterlopers! And uh, we turn the page and we get a big splash and it's Spider-Man, though it's subtly not Spider-Man. I'm just saying there's a couple of things that are a little different about this version of Spider-Man and maybe they were hoping we wouldn't notice, uh, but he's got little sharp talons on his hands. But uh, it does, in fact, look like Spider-Man swinging down and, and attacking them. Unless Spider-Man has grown talons all of a sudden. I'm not really sure if it's him or not. Who gave you permission to make a mess in my city? And Sif goes, Spider-Man! And Mr. Facepaint says, You slay the blob, I will kill the Spider-Man. And we have a to-be-continued... And that is Journey into Mystery number 648. And, of course, I do have a few things to say about this issue, which I will say right after this. The Fantastic Arts is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that tastes forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree Skrull War. The arrival of Marvel Team Up. Bill Murray as the Human Torch. Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2-in-1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. The Fantastic Cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what? And we're back. And of course, I do highly recommend the Fantastic Cast to everybody out there because it is a great show. Listen to it every episode, and and uh, it's one of my favorites. So yeah, I should listen to it. All right. So we are back. And uh, so, what do we think of this issue? Okay. So this is the first issue that I haven't thought was really, really strong. But I think that's just because the story is just getting started. We have a new sort of thread going through, and it's just getting established. We have these three new characters, and you know they have names, but, but I'll be honest. These characters really aren't memorable. I don't know even that they're supposed to be memorable. Um, so you know, I, maybe I could remember that one of them is called Svip or whatever, but, <laughs> but they're not... Um, they're not terribly exciting, if you know what I'm saying. They, they, they seem rather generic. I like the look of the, the alien robot thing, I want to say. It does look like the Enfant Terrible from the old Fantastic Four comic. Uh, it's not quite the same, but it's a little bit less goofy looking than, than the Enfant Terrible was. But, but it does have a very reminiscent look, I should say. But knowing that it's a robot with blue blood um, makes it makes it even cooler as far as I'm concerned. Um, I do like the scenes of her kind of hacking at it and getting all this blue gook all over her. And the blue gook kind of hangs around. It's <laughs> um, 
we don't really get the sense that they shower, you know, between fights around here. So uh, they're kind of smeared with with this with this gunk. Um, but the, I will say the, the the writing is pretty good. It's easy to follow. Storytelling, by and large, I think is good, and maybe even um, you know better than anything we've seen lately. Now uh, I have a, a theory here about the Spider Man is that the Spider Man that we see is actually the same monster that was in the lake. And the reason I say that is because the uh, the black gook that's kind of hanging around on the buildings kind of looks like webbing here. So I have a feeling that this is where this comes from. It's obviously not the real Spider-Man uh, because the real Spider-Man doesn't have these big old claws on it. So that's, that's what I'm thinking. And I don't think that Spider-Man is the type to go around shouting interlopers at people. So... Yeah, uh, I guess we'll find out next issue uh, as, um, yeah, get a little bit more of the story. But I do like the um, you know, the appearance, at least, of a simulacrum of Spider-Man, at the very least. Uh, yeah, overall, liking the issue, uh, liking the series. And, uh, yeah, congrats to Manuel for, for uh, suggesting I cover this because it is pretty cool. All right, so with that, it is time to wrap up the show. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also join us over on the Facebooks. You can just look for Radio Free Asgard there, and you will find us. All right, so for me, it's back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and a busy week at the new job. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.